For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, The Spiritual Application of a Messianic Sabbath Service. This is part three of the series. For those Messianic congregations who are following the triennial Torah cycle reading, which many believe is what was done in the first century, meaning that you read through the entire Torah over the course of three years, you're going to have a reading from the Psalms. So you have a blessing before reading from the Psalms, reading the weekly Psalm, and then the blessing after reading from the Psalms. And then finally, you're going to be reading from the Renewed Covenant. You'll have a blessing before reading from the Renewed Covenant, reading the weekly Renewed Covenant, and blessing after reading from the Renewed Covenant. That's got to conclude your scripture readings, and then your Sabbath service is going to continue with the Elenu prayer, which is the declaring the sovereignty of Yahweh over all his creation. The traditional Elenu prayer is as follows. It is necessary for us to praise the Master of all, to exalt the Creator of the world, for he has made us distinct from the nations and unique among the families of the earth. Our destiny is not like theirs. Our calling is our task. We are the servants of the God of Israel. Our calling is our task. We bow down. Why? We bow down to the King of Kings, the God of Israel, and acknowledge before the King of Kings that there is none like him, for he stretched forth the heavens like a tent and established the earth. Isaiah 51 verse 13, speaking of the fact that the God of Israel created the heavens and the earth, which we're told it was done by the word of Yahweh, Psalm 33 verse 6, and Colossians chapter 1 verses 15 and 16, we're told that Yeshua is the one that created the heavens and the earth. For there is none like our Yahweh and King. As the Torah says, you shall know this day and reflect in your heart that it is Yahweh who is Elohim in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. There is none else. Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 29. All the world's inhabitants will recognize and know that to you every knee should bend, every tongue should swear. Isaiah chapter 45 verse 23. Before you, Yahweh or Elohim, they will bend every knee and cast themselves down into the glory of your name. They will render homage and they will all accept upon themselves the yoke of your kingship that you may reign over them soon and eternally. And when will this happen? During the Messianic era. For then shall the words be fulfilled, Yahweh shall be king forever. Exodus chapter 15 verse 18. And Yahweh shall be king over all the earth. On that day there shall be one Yahweh and his name one. Zechariah chapter 14 verse 9. And Zechariah 14 verse 9 is after Yeshua set feet down the Mount of Olives. Zechariah chapter 14 and verse 4. This Elenu prayer is the basis of which Rav Shaul 
Shaul, the Apostle Paul writes in Philippians chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, and he associates the Elenu prayer in Isaiah chapter 45, verse 23, that unto the God of Israel every knee will bow. He associates that as being a reference to Yeshua the Messiah. Philippians chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, that at the name of Yeshua every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Yeshua HaMashiach is Yahweh to the glory of God the Father. And then the Sabbath service ends with an Aaronic benediction, which comes from Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. The blessing that is upon the people of the God of Israel is when Yahweh causes his face to shine upon you. You see, the exile is associated with Yahweh hiding his face. So when he causes his face to shine upon you, you are face to face with him. You have intimate relationship, and that is a blessing. And when he's gracious unto you, when his mercy is upon you, and when he lifts up his countenance upon you, and when Yahweh gives you shalom, he gives you mercy, and his face is shining upon you, that is when the people of the God of Israel are blessed. And that's the blessing that is placed upon the children of Israel through the Aaronic benediction. That is an outline of a Messianic Sabbath service. We want to end this teaching on the Sabbath by looking in the scriptures of the event of Yeshua healing on the Sabbath day. And we want to see the prophetic significance and meaning of why Yeshua healed on the Sabbath day. In John chapter 9, verse 1, verse 7, and verse 14, it is written, And as Yeshua passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And he said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. Siloam means sent. He went his way, therefore, and washed, and then he came seeing. And it was the Sabbath day when Yeshua made the clay and opened his eyes. So Yeshua here in John chapter 9 is healing a blind man on the Sabbath. What's the spiritual meaning of this? Because even though that was a literal event that happened in the ministry of Yeshua... That literal event is a prophecy of something to come. The blind man is Jacob. We can see this in Isaiah chapter 42, verses 18 through 20 and verse 24. It says, Hear ye deaf, and look ye blind, that you may see. Who is blind but my servant? Or deaf as my messenger that I sent? Who is blind as he that is perfect, and as blind as the Lord's servant? Because the Lord's servant sees many things, but observes not. He opens the ears to follow the ways of the God of Israel, but he doesn't hear fully. Who gave Jacob for a spoil and Israel to the robbers? Did not the Lord? He against whom we have sinned, for they would not walk in his ways, neither were they obedient to his Torah. We're told that Jacob is blind and the reason why he's blind is because he's seeing things and he's observing things, but while he's seeing, he's observing not. He doesn't see fully. He doesn't see clearly. And while he opens his ears to obey, he's not hearing fully. He's not obeying fully. So Jacob is blind because he's not being fully obedient unto the Torah of the God of Israel. So there was a blind man that was healed and he went to the pool of Siloam, which means sent. John chapter 9 verse 7. He said to him, go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. Siloam is a fountain of water that is located in Jerusalem. It's referred to in Isaiah chapter 8 verse 6. Siloam is the Strong's number 4611 in the Greek dictionary. So the blind man was supposed to go to a pool called Sent. 
to be healed. Yeshua is the sent one. John chapter 6 verse 29 and verses 38 through 40 it is written. Yeshua answered and said to him, This is the work of God that you believe on him whom he has sent. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which he has given me I should lose nothing but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone that sees the Son and believes on him may have everlasting life and I will raise him up at the last day. So Yeshua took the blind man, which is a picture of Jacob, wanting him to go to a place that was sent. That means Jacob has to believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. And when he went to the, the pool of Siloam, sent, picture of Yeshua, he went his way, therefore, and he was washed. And then he saw. This washing in the pool is a picture of being washed by Yeshua, who is the living waters. And this pool would have been a flowing pool of water, which is a picture of Yeshua. John chapter 4, verse 11 and verses 13 and 14. This is the woman at the well said unto Yeshua, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From where then hast thou that living water? Yeshua answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinks of this water, that is the water in that well, will thirst again. But whosoever drinks the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. So Yeshua is the fountain of living waters as we can see in Jeremiah chapter 17 verses 12 through 14. A glorious high throne from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. O Lord, the hope of Israel. And the word hope here in Hebrew is mikvah, which is the immersion bath. It says, O Lord, the immersion, the washing of Israel. All that forsake you shall be ashamed, and they that depart from me shall be written in the earth, because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. So Yeshua made a reference that all that forsake him shall be written in the earth to the woman caught in adultery in John chapter 8. So here, Yeshua is referred to as the fountain of living waters. And then it says, from this fountain of living waters, heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, and I will be saved. So saving is believing that he's the Messiah. Healing is the restoration of Jacob from exile. Yeshua is the one that saves. Yeshua is the one that restores Jacob from exile. So Yeshua is sent to heal the blind and cause the lame to walk. This is the great messianic work. Matthew chapter 11 verses 2 through 5 it is written. Now when John had heard in the prison the works of Messiah, he sent two of his disciples and he said unto him, Are you he that should come? That is, are you the Messiah? Or do we look for another to be the Messiah? Yeshua answered and said unto them, Go and show John again those things which you do hear and see. So someone asked Yeshua, are you the Messiah? This is the evidence that he gives that he's the Messiah. Matthew chapter 11 verse 5. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. These are all characteristics of the condition of Jacob in exile. He's blind because he didn't follow Torah. He's lame because he's not walking according to Torah. And he is a leper. In other words, he's unclean. He's not following the commandments. And he has a spiritual status of being dead. We have this picture of the dry bones of Ezekiel 37. And they're going to be raised up. 
They're going to be restored from the nations, and they are poor, and they need the gospel preached to them. That is the salvation in Yeshua and the restoration of him from his condition. Now, Yeshua is sent, as we can see here, to cause the lame to walk. We have an account in John chapter 5, verses 2 and 3 and verse 5. Now, there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. Look, they're waiting for the moving of the water because the moving of the water is how they got to get healed. Living water. That is Yeshua. And a certain man was there which had an affirmity 38 years. Continuing on, John chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. Yeshua said to him, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and he took up his bed and walked. And this happened on the Sabbath. John chapter 5, verse 9 and John chapter 9, verse 14. In review here, we see that Yeshua healed a blind man and he healed a lame person on the Sabbath. The blind and the lame is a picture of Jacob in exile and it's the great messianic work for the Messiah to perform this task. Not only physically, but spiritually. So reviewing it, John chapter 5 verse 9, immediately the man was made whole and he took up his bed and walked. That same day was the Sabbath. John chapter 9 verse 14, it was the Sabbath day when Yeshua made the clay and opened up his eyes. Why was this done on the Sabbath? Why the healing of the blind man and causing the cripple to walk? Why was that done on the Sabbath? Because the Sabbath is a picture of the Messianic era. And it's during the Messianic era that Jacob is going to be regathered. And it's the darkness part of the Messianic era, which is called the tribulation period. That is because the seventh day Sabbath is called the day of the Lord. Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 13. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord honorable. So the Sabbath is called the day of the Lord. And each day in creation represents 1,000 years of time. This comes from Psalm chapter 90 verse 4, 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 8. For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when is past and as a watch in the night. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. So the Sabbath is called the day of the Lord, and each day of creation represents a thousand years. That means the seventh day of creation, which is the day that Yahweh rested, is a picture of the rest of the Messianic era. We can see how the Messianic era is called the day of the Lord in Second Peter chapter 3, verse 8 and verse 10. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. The day of the Lord comes in night. That's, we call that the tribulation. And what happens when the day of the Lord's coming in the night? This is what happens. Which the heavens shall pass away with great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. So why is this happening? This is describing chemical, biological, and nuclear warfare. So this is done by heat. The atoms exploding. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. That is, those things that are being done that it's not for the purposes of Yahweh will be burned up. It will have no eternal value. So the seventh day Sabbath is associated with the Messianic era called the Day of the Lord and the Day of the Lord begins with the Tribulation period. We can see how the Day of the Lord is a time of trouble. Isaiah chapter 13 verse 6 How ye for the Day of the Lord is at hand it shall come as destruction from the Almighty. Isaiah chapter 13 verse 8 And they shall be ashamed 
pains and sorrows shall take hold of them. They shall be in pain as a woman that travails. So the day of the Lord comes as destruction. It's like birth pains. It's a tribulation. Zephaniah chapter 1 verses 14 and 15. The great day of the Lord is near. It is near and hastens greatly. Even the voice of the day of the Lord. The mighty man shall cry there bitterly. That day, the day of the Lord, is a day of wrath, a day of trouble, of distress, of wasteness, of desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. This is describing the tribulation part of the day of the Lord or the Messianic era. And now, the day of the Lord is also called Jacob's trouble. Jeremiah chapter 30, verses 6 and 7. Ask ye now and see whether a man does travail with child. Why do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in travail and all faces are turned into paleness? Alas, for that day is great. What day? The day of the Lord. So that none is like it. It is the time of Jacob's trouble, but he will be saved out of it. And what happens during Jacob's trouble? We have the end of the exile of Jacob from all the nations where he'd been scattered during Jacob's trouble. How do we see this connection? Because in Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 3 it says, For lo, the days come, says the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel and Judah, says the Lord, and I will cause them the return of the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall possess it. Alas, for that day is great. What day? The day that he's got to bring again the captivity of Israel and Judah. That day is great. There's not none like it. It's a tribulation. It's called Jacob's trouble, but he will save or be redeemed or delivered out of it. How is he saved or redeemed from it? He's got to be gathered from all the nations where he has been scattered. So Zion is redeemed during Jacob's trouble. Now we're going to connect about the healing of the blind and the healing of the lame and how that's connected with redeeming Jacob from exile. Isaiah chapter 35 verses 4 through 6 and verse 10. Say to them that are fearful of heart, be strong, fear not, behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with recompense, he will come and save you. He's coming with vengeance. That's the tribulation. He's coming to save you. That's Jacob from all the nations where he's been scattered. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. So the healing of the blind happens when he redeems his people during the time of trouble. Then shall the lame man leap as of heart and the tongue of the dumb sing. For the wilderness shall waters break out in streams in the desert. You see the healing waters? And then it says and the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. So when we redeem his people from exile, it's during tribulation and it's associated with the eyes of the blind being open and the healing of the lame. So this is going to happen in what's called the last day. That is the seventh day, the Messianic era. John chapter 6, verse 40, verse 44, and verse 54, it says, And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone that sees the Son and believes on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. See, you're being raised up on the last day. No man could come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. So the resurrection is in the last day. In John chapter 11, which is the account of the resurrection of Lazarus, it says, John 11, verse 14, verse 21, and verses 23 and 24. Then said Yeshua unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Lazarus here is a picture of Jacob being exiled in the nations of the world. Then said Martha unto Yeshua, Lord, if you had been here, my brother had not died. Yeshua said unto her, your brother will rise again. Martha said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection in the last day at the Messianic era. He will rise again. That's when Jacob gets redeemed on the last day of the Messianic era. So we can see how the last day is the Messianic era called the day of 
Messiah in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 2. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, and Hosea chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, it is written, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach, and by our gathering together unto him. What's the gathering together? It's Jacob being gathered from all the nations where he's been scattered, that you be not so soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter, as from us, that the day of Messiah is at hand. The day of Messiah is when he gathers together the exile. Come, Hosea chapter 6, verse 1, and let us return to the Lord. That is, repent. He has torn, that is, exiled us into the nations. He will heal us, that is, bring us back from the nations. He has smitten, sent us into exile. He will bind us up, bring us back. After two days he will revive us, after 2,000 years, that's from his first coming. And then the third day, that is the Messianic era, he will raise us up and we will live in his sight. That is, we're going to be with his presence. He's got to rule and reign from Jerusalem. Now, going back with the healing that was done to the blind man in John chapter 9, it goes on to say in John chapter 9, verses 14 through 16, it was the Sabbath day when Yeshua made the clay and opened his eyes. Then again, the Pharisees also asked him, how? How did you receive your sight? He said unto them, He put clay upon my eyes, and I washed, and that's how I see. Therefore said some of the Pharisees, This man, that is Yeshua, is not of God, because he doesn't keep the Sabbath day. Others said, How can a man that is a sinner do such miracles? And there was a division among them. See, if Yeshua regathers the exiles during the Messianic era, he's keeping the Sabbath day. John chapter 9, verses 26 to 29 says, Then said they to him again, What did he to you? How did he open up your eyes? And he answered them, I've told you already. Didn't you hear? Wherefore would you hear it again? Will you be his disciples? Will you believe him when he heals the blind? That's the messianic work. They then reviled him and said, You are his disciples. We follow Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, Yeshua, we don't know from where he is. John chapter 9, verse 35 through 38. Yeshua heard that they had cast him out, and when he had found him, he said unto him, Do you believe on the Son of God, the blind man? He's now speaking to Jacob, really, prophetically. Jacob, when you get regathered, do you believe that I'm the Messiah? He said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? Yeshua said, You have both seen him, and it is he that talks with you. And he said, Lord, I believe. So the blind man, that is Jacob, when he gets restored, he's got to believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. The blind man is the lost sheep of Israel. Notice this is a dialogue regarding the blind man that got healed on the Sabbath day and the Pharisees are questioning this event. So Yeshua responds to are we blind? He tells them he's the one that gathers the exiles of Israel. So he's connecting the healing of the blind men to his work to regather the exiles of Israel. So John chapter 10 verse 17, therefore does my father love me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. There was a division therefore among the Jews for these sayings. And many of them said he has a devil and is mad. Why hear him? This is the connection to the healing of the blind man on the Sabbath. Others said these are not the words of him that has the devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? He's referring to the healing of the blind man on the Sabbath. So why did Yeshua heal him on the Sabbath? Because the Sabbath is a picture of the Messianic era. He's making a declaration that he is going to heal the blindness of Jacob and regather him from all the nations where he'd been scattered during the Messianic era or the tribulation, the darkness part of the day of the Lord. So while this was a literal healing that took place in the ministry of Yeshua, he in doing it was making a prophetic declaration and explaining the meaning of it to the Pharisees who inquired regarding why he healed the man on the Sabbath. Yeshua is our Sabbath rest. Isaiah chapter 11 verse 10, and in that day there shall be a root of Jesse which shall
shall stand for an ensign of the people. To it shall the Gentiles seek in his rest. The rest of Yeshua shall be glorious. Yeshua is our Sabbath rest. Well, that's going to conclude part three of the series on the subject, the spiritual application of a Messianic Sabbath service. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and... Please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.